0: You're listening to another life transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Okay, so we're going to get into this word this morning. Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 6. If you have your Bibles and your notepads, if you want to go to heaven. Um, it is good. It always is good to lean in. We're an engaging church. As you guys know, we lean in. We lean into the Word of God. We shout down the Word of God being preached because we want to interact with that Word. We want to amen that Word in our life. We want to put that deep in our soul. And, you know, a little standing, little cheering, a little finger pointing just helps get that Word deep in the soul so that we don't just come feel good on a Sunday, but we kick the devil in the teeth on a Monday. And a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. And so it's really simple. Have a good prayer life, read your Bible, go to church, be in community, devil loses. That's like, that's really, it breaks down to that. You got those four things going and you're going to succeed. You're going to succeed. So we're in Mark chapter six, verse 30, and I want to set a little bit of a, um, of the scene here. The disciples have just got back from a ministry trip where Jesus sent them out and said, hey, you're gonna go do what you see me do and pray for the sick, cast out demons, all the cool stuff we get to do as the church. And it works. So they come back and they're like, ah, this is awesome, it actually works. you know." And, but they're, they're a little exhausted. It's also been an exhausting time personally for Jesus. The ministry's really grown. Thousands, crowds of thousands and thousands are showing up. He's healing everybody that's sick in the crowd. Uh, and he's just lost his cousin, and friend John the Baptist. So they all co- kind of collide at this point and they see the big crowds and Jesus says, hey guys, we're gonna just take a little camping trip. We're gonna go on a camping trip, recharge the batteries and you know, recover. And so one thing I just, this is a freebie here, but God, God does not want you to just exhaust yourself all the time, right? There are moments, there are moments that as a Christian, we are stepping out and doing what we need to do uh, but just know that if you've been running on empty and redlining for a long, long time, if you're serving on 22 teams at church and, and, and God is okay. In fact, Jesus, it says often Jesus would retreat and recover. Now, I'm not saying retreat like stop going to church, because getting the word of God is one of the most refreshing things to do. But But, you know, it's okay to take a Saturday with the family. It's okay to to rest and recover. So Jesus says, we're going to go do that. And so we're going to pick up right at that point. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus... And as apostles didn't even have time, didn't even have time to eat. So, pause right here. On top of exhaustion, on top of some personal loss, on top of everything else, they're also hangry. <laughs> if I had a dime for how many fights really just boiled down in my marriage to one of us being hangry, I'd be a rich man. I've made many decisions in life that I regret simply because I was hangry, all right? So don't get to that place. Don't get to that place. But that's where they're at, okay? Let me find where I am. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and the people from many towns ran ahead along the shore to get there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can, get, can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. Let me pause right there. Part of being a Christian One, we work in the overflow, we get rest. But part of being a Christian is you do need to be interruptible, Right. right? God wants us to be interruptible, be able to be moved by compassion for a moment because some of the coolest God stories I've ever had came from a moment where it wasn't convenient to be in the God moment, right? I wish I could say that every time right after men's prayer, when I'm fully charged, I walk outside and that's when somebody needs me to pray with them or that's when, you know, or it's perfect timing, The kids are taking a nap and that's when the call comes, when somebody's struggling. No, there are many times that it's not necessarily convenient for me in that moment. And I wanna encourage you, uh, sometimes people will excuse a lack of compassion for a personality trait. And and as a Christian, we're not allowed to, to do that. Now, don't get me wrong, some people are just wired with compassion, all right? You see an Amy Thomas, she just loves people, okay? It, I, you, that lady will stop anything and everything just to love on you. She's wired for compassion. But then you have Ben. No, i can't. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, Ben. You have compassion too. But some of us, some of us are, you know, maybe a little more type A. You know, if you had to be a pastor or a leader, you'd lean towards leader, you're kind of on mission, you're on point, you like a plan. And I just want to encourage you that we have got to come to a place where God can not inconvenience us, because in the inconvenience is where the miracles happen. You know, this miracle is mentioned in all the gospels. It's one of the most influential miracles for the disciples. And it happened in a time of complete inconvenience. The plan, right, for all you planners out there, the plan was we're going camping, And I'm sure there are a couple of the uh, disciples. You know, I think Matthew, I would guess, would have been there. He's kind of an accountant kind of guy. But they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not the plan. And if you're a planner, I just want to encourage you, just just begin to let the Holy Spirit teach you how to be flexible within. There's nothing wrong with being a planner and a strategist, but begin to allow. And God's so good, if you're married, he probably had you marry someone that's not. So learn to lean in and not always have your spouse be the one that has to point out that it's been That's a freebie, another freebie for you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Ben. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, the disciples came to him and uh, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. Jesus said, you feed them. And I'm sure they said this with a very hangry voice. With what? Because I honestly believe the disciples weren't telling Jesus, they weren't moved by compassion at this point for the crowd. They were trying to remind Jesus, hey, they're probably hungry. We're hungry. People have to eat. Come on, Jesus. So they they say, with what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? Jesus asked. Go out and find it. They came back and reported, we have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish to everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up the twelve baskets, picked up twelve baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of five thousand men and their families were fed. Today my message is called the upward course. See, God is a good father, and he has a course that he puts his children on. We were not put on this earth just to find some eternal fire insurance and survive the storm. That was not God's original intention for you. He made you unique and special, and you have giftings and talents that he wants to use to bring more children into the family. That is your mandate, to bring heaven down to earth. And he does not have a B team. There are nobody on the bench with Jesus. He wants to use every single person in this room. He wants to use your gifts, your talents, and your abilities that He gave you to do something in this world that brings an eternal significance, and you're gonna enjoy it because you were made to do it. When you see a person operating in the thing they were made to do, they can do an amazing capacity, an amazing amount of capacity, but you talk to them, they're not tired, they're not exhausted. Because they're living in the in the in the lane God made them to do. Right? I, I'm just guessing Kelsey likes to sing. Right? She's up here singing. God gave her that gift. And I doubt after singing, she gets off the stage and just goes, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. You know what? If I had to come up here and sing, you'd all leave. But also, also. I, I can't do this anymore. That's not my lane. It's not the thing that God made me to do. And so God has a purpose for you, divinely set up that it brings fulfillment and impact. But there is a process. Just like parents, we have a process. What's acceptable when my kid was two is not acceptable now when they're five, right? And when what's acceptable now when they're five won't be acceptable when they're 25. And if I don't take them through this process, then... I've, 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 I've dropped the ball. I'm not actually a loving father. My, when my son's 25, he can't act like he does now when he's five, right? And God has the same course. When we get born again, meaning you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart and believe that he is your savior, that is birth. That is the beginning of the journey he wants to take you on. It's not the end goal. That's the beginning of the journey. And this, this scripture I think is a perfect metaphor for how God begins to do this in our life. So point number one is it always starts with a give. Our part in this journey is we get Jesus, first we give Jesus our heart. We say, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I believe you died for my sins, you're my savior. Once we start there, he begins to get in our world. And he starts walking around. If your world was like a house, he just, you welcomed him in. He says, hey, this is great. I love your entryway. This is awesome. Let's go in that room. You're like, whoa, Jesus. I haven't cleaned that room yet. No, it's fine. Let me go in. <laughs> he begins to walk around in our world. He begins to, you know, he'll, he'll start to ask you to give him things. It starts with the give. Now he'll ask. He doesn't take, but he will ask. He'll say, hey, would you give me Would you give me your finances? Would you let your finances be a part of the kingdom? Would you use them to build the church? Would you use them to bless people, to be generous? And when we give it to him, we begin to see the next thing. Because what does it say he did with the bread? He blessed it. Whatever we give to Jesus begins to get blessed. That's how it works. That's the step. We do the giving. He does the blessing. And whatever we don't want to give with him, I'm not... it, we keep it under whatever amount we can do. There's no there's no God blessing on it. If you give your dating life to Jesus, it's not just about, oh, she's hot, he's hot, but it's actually, no, I'm looking for Christian character. I'm looking for them not at the bar, but I'm looking here. I'm looking at church, you know, I'm keeping my eyes open. You begin to give that, blessing comes. You keep the dating life to yourself, well, that's you. I, I, and I'm not knocking on you, that was probably the, one of the, Things took the longest for me to give Jesus when I, he got my heart is the dating life. And I would have people be like, what are you doing, man? You know, because they knew I loved Jesus, but that wasn't something I really wanted to give at the time. If you'll give God your, your calendar. You know, if you beca- go from just like, hey, I, sh- I come to church twice a month. I'm doing pretty good. And you say, no, I'm going to actually prioritize prioritize my kids seeing that, that church is a priority. My, my, my family begin to see my friends seeing like, you know, they invite me to barbecue. Oh, I'll be there after church. Wait, what? What are you talking about, man? The team's playing today, right? But they begin to see a prioritize and they'll see the blessing on your life. Your calendar seems to be blessed. You seem to be doing more and having more life and life abundantly. And it begins to show the world sees a contrast. Whatever we give to God begins to be blessed whatever you give to him, I promise. I've yet, I've tried, I can't, I can't beat him in this. If I give him something fully, blessing begins to come there. Wow. I remember when I got saved, <clears throat> I was at a camp, going into high school, freshman year. And I'd grown up in church, I was down to go to church. I, was, I mean, I would have said, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. But you know, my pretty much God, the only thing he really had was, I'll check the box on Sunday. But when I go to high school, it's going to be about parties, girls, and football. Those are the, the three priorities in any order. It didn't matter, but those were the three priorities. And I remember at this camp that I met Jesus. I met Jesus, and he said, I want you to give me that plan. I want you to give me your high school years. And I was like, oh, man, are you sure? Because <laughs> one, I had a plan, and two, God, it's not that much. It's not like, what am I going to do? I was, I was homeschooled all the way to high school. My first day of public school was high school. So I didn't know a lot of people at my school. And I was like, you know, that's why the whole, I was like really bent on having a great social experience because I was like, finally I am in a school. <laughs> so, and I just didn't, I, I remember having this contrast. One, not sure if I was willing to give it to him. But two, like, what's he going to do with this? No one knows me. I'm not, you know, but I knew he was asking for it. So I gave it to him. And so... I go to football practice and I can feel God saying, I want you to give me this. I want you to give me football. I want you to make your mission to bring your team to to me. I'm like, how am I gonna do that? I don't know. You know, I wasn't just doing this when, when I was born. I wasn't just preaching when I was born. I'm like, what am I gonna do? And I had this great idea. All right, God, you want football? I'm gonna wear a WWJD bracelet. I got this. Not only am I gonna wear one WWJD bracelet, I'm gonna also wear a cross ring. And I, I had all this jewelry on, my coach yelled at me, he's like, dude, you can't wear all that. I'm like, I'm wearing one bracelet, okay? God told me. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my hand too, my stance hand, that way you, it's the last thing you'd see before I knock you out. Anyways. <laughs> but I, it started there. It was giving him just what I had. I've got a wrist, you can have my wrist, Jesus. Here it is, okay? And I remember I was sitting there, got my bracelet on, and I'm sitting by this guy I don't know, and he's talking to another guy on the team, and they're talking about a party they're going to go to. Well, our youth group was the night before the party night. And I hear him talking. I hear him talking what they're going to do at the party and all that. And it's not good stuff. It's stuff I was planning on doing before I met Jesus. And, uh, and I look down. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Hey, man, you want to go to my youth group tonight? And he looks at me. He's kind of like, uh. You know, he didn't, like, didn't know, he was trying to figure out how to get out of it. And thank God, my beautiful wife and all her beautiful friends, who was kind of the reason I went to camp in the first place, because there was cute girls, were kind of like in the distance. I think they were in the tennis court or something. And I'm like, uh, those girls go to my youth group. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, All right, I'll go. <laughs> it's my greatest evangelism tool. I'll tell you something. That guy was the catalyst. He was one of the groomsmen in my wedding. Still a great friend. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Uh, By the time I was a senior, I would say about 80% of the football team was going to our youth group. We went from five kids to about 120 kids in a small town that only had had 1,200 students. And it started with me just saying, you can have my wrist. And that's, that's the amazing thing. Whatever you give to God, big or small, what he can do with it is, in this case, 5,000 times more than what you could have done. But in any case, it's always exponentially more. Whatever you give to God. Now, here's the caveat, though. They're in this process of growth. There's this one other thing he does with the fish and the loaves before he distributes it. It says that he gave thanks, blessed it, and then broke it. Broke it, And this is the part of this message that I feel was so prevalent for our church right now, because I see this part of God's processing throw people off wow. and they waste yep. years of development. Because as you begin to give God things and he begins to bless your life, there will also be parts that will begin to have some breakage because he's building the whole person. And so let's just use this as an example. If you if God begins to bless your finances, but you never you gave them the finances, but you've never developed the discipline, and so you kind of live on like I I max out my credit cards. Well, when you get over here and a blessed finances, and you have a higher credit limit, but if you still took the bad habit with you, now the debt is even increased. So there's a breaking there because as we increase, as we grow, there are areas that the blessing will cause, when the disciples threw out the nets for the fish and Jesus did a miracle, it says the nets began to rip. See, the blessing, some things can't contain the blessing. And God, God's not gonna just, he's not that kind of God. He wants to bless his children. So what he does, he'll let blessings go a little bit and let things start to break because he's not afraid of the breaking because he can multiply from the breaking. He can multiply from the breaking. And the longer you go on this walk, the more you realize, man, he's using a broken vessel to do things for him. And he's fixing while he's moving, while he's using, while he's feeding. He's breaking the bread, then he's handed it to the disciples. He's breaking. He's saying, and, and there is a breaking process in discipleship. But here's where the enemy will come in. Because he's the accuser and the deceiver. You're having a holy breaking Right? It's a holy breaking. It's part of God kind of unraveling some stuff so he can restore and rebuild and increase because you gave it to him and he not only blessed it, but he's also breaking some stuff off of you. But the breaking's not always comfortable. Can I get an amen? Amen. Right? I've had people come to me and be like, hey, pastor, before we came to church, everything was good, but you've been saying stuff in that sermon that me and my wife leave and then you're stirring the pot, man. We're getting in fights. We're talking about things we didn't even have to talk about. Till we came to church. A holy breaking, right? Because maybe your marriage is at one point, but God wants it to be even more. So in the house of God, things get brought up. Things get exposed. Come on. Things are gonna come up and the devil will tell you, it's it's because you can't do this. It's because you're not good enough. It's because you're not enough. Or if he can... God doesn't really love you. Why would it? Why would he? Why would things be breaking? You started doing this, and why is there breaking going on? That's the that's where the enemy comes in. He distorts, and that's why we have to be in our Word, being washed in the Word of God, getting truth in our life. That's why we go to men's and women's prayers because some breaking is divine and holy. God doesn't. It's when you go to the doctor and you have a broken bone and he's resetting. There's some resetting that he'll do in your life. And the crazy thing is, so there's the give, there's the bless, there's the break, but then there's the sharing. Some holy breaking is because God is getting ready to share a new level of His power and love in your life, that you're right on the verge of breakthrough. I do not know a person that right before breakthrough didn't have some breaking going on, yeah, on. and the devil can see. I think some of that. He can kind of see like, oh man, they've been oh, they've been pretty committed lately. Like they they're going they're going to church and they're praying with their kids at night, and uh, man, I can't block that blessing because God's got His block there. Oh, but look at this this blessing. There's a fracture there. I'm just gonna get in the mix right there because if I can stop it there, there won't be the final part, which is the sharing. The sharing of God's goodness in your life for others. Do you understand that God has taken us through this whole journey of we give, he blesses, he breaks what he wants to break so that you can share with a broken world. Look at how good God is. Even though I was broken, even though I was messed up, even though I barely got myself to church, look at what he's doing in my life. And you begin to go to the masses and the crowds and in your gifting, and where your gifting is where most of the breaking will happen. If you were to backtrack in your life and go, where have I felt most attacked? That is probably right dead zero where God wants to give you an anointing to share. You say, man, I've been walked over by people I've been used by people. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm too nice. Could it be that God has given you a heart of compassion and that you're actually called to love people into the kingdom of God? And so the, devil, the devil's lying about your gift. Often, the gift, he'll try to make it look like, like a bad thing. I'm not saying we don't grow. I'm not saying you don't have boundaries and take care of yourself if you're wired to be that kind of person, but at the end of the day, right where the breaking is, that's where the distribution of heaven's going to start to come. It's where the distribution of heaven's going to come. And I felt like there were people coming into church today and you're just kind of in this, <laughs> you've genuinely wanted to give God more and you have of your heart and you've seen some blessing, but then there's just this area where you're like, "Ah, oh, man, if, uh, why is it breaking here? I'm here to tell you that let the Holy Spirit do what he's gonna do. That's why community and connect groups are so important, are so important because there are times when I'm being broken a little bit and I I need a sounding board because you know the definition of a blind spot in your life, you can't see it. So do you understand there are things in your life you will never get out of unless others can see it for you. There are things in your life you will never break off of your life by by yourself. You need other people to identify blind spots in your life and community, community. And that's when it gets real. Can I just be honest? People start coming to church and they're like, oh man, this is awesome. I went up to the altar and I feel so light and I feel so free and Jesus loves me and, and I love it. And then, and then they're like, oh, maybe I'll try this whole small group. And they go for a while like, oh man, that was cool. Like these people are cool and nice. But then there's that one time where it's like, oh man, I don't wanna go to, I don't wanna go to community today cause I'm struggling. And, 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 and if they, if I go, they're gonna see it. But that's the breaking right there. That's the thing God wants to break off of you. Don't do life alone. Oh, but pastor, I've been burned by people. I trusted people before. I know. But Bible doesn't say that when offense comes, you can just not. It says, it does say offense is gonna come. It's broken people. It's broken people. doesn't mean you have to completely bury your soul to every human being on earth. No. In fact, if your main place to go vent your hard times is your Facebook page, stop that. <laughs> like, like that's that's not a healthy community you want people that actually are in your world on the daily that can identify the blind spots and speak courage into you i'm telling you read your bible pray go to church get in community that's the track that's the track and the christian walk doesn't work without those four things jesus did those four things going back to the the breaking. Just felt like people needed to hear God's not done. All right. And some of the breaking is because the transforming is going on in your world, because the nets are finally full of fish. And maybe you're like pulling the net and you haven't seen the fish yet. You're like, this feels different. Something's different, the marriage is different, the kids are different, life's a little different, you're pulling in a harvest right now, and don't panic if the nets are breaking, but trust the Lord and keep giving. Because here's the cool thing, we're responsible for two parts of the equation. We start with a give, and then we're, after he takes it through the blessing and the breaking, we're responsible for the redistribution which is sharing our story with people, sharing our journey with people. That's the only two parts that we've gotta worry about. The rest is a trust game with God. The rest is a trust game with God, saying, God, I'm gonna keep giving you, I'm gonna keep giving you more of me, I'm gonna keep giving more of myself to you, and then when I see the breakthrough, I'm gonna redistribute it to people. My friends, my neighbors, okay, I had a breakthrough, we started, you know, giving and and we were, like, we got blessed and we bought this new house. Now this house is going to be a place where people come in and they get loved on and healed. Right? It's, it's, man, I had a, I was so gripped with anxiety. I, I, it would, it would cripple me. And, and I just started saying, okay, God, I'm going to give you this fear. And, and, and I, and I don't, I'm not crippled anymore. But what do I do? I got to tell other people. And I got to tell my friends, guys, remember how I used to, I don't have that anymore. And then somebody goes, wait, but I have that. Let me, come here, come here. Let me show you who you give that to. Let me show you right over here. Give it to him. He's going to do a lot of blessing, a little breaking, and then a redistribution. And that's what revival looks like. It's we give to God. When we have our nights of worship church, they're not here so you can hear beautiful sounds and beautiful songs. They're a night to give yourself up on the altar. Say, God, for this next hour, nothing's on my mind but you. My hands are raised to you. My posture is that of singing how good you are. We give worship to God. Why do we come right on time and catch all the songs? Because it's an opportunity to say, God, this morning, you get my body. You get my mind. You get this time for me to only look to you. And what's he gonna do? He says, perfect, let me bless your time. Let me break some things that I don't like on there that that I wanna heal or or I'm gonna make better. And then, boom, you're gonna redistribute. You're gonna redistribute. And we'll be biding campuses all across this valley because we can't fit people. (laughs) Because we understand that when we give to Jesus, his divine process, and then we're willing to redistribute. We're willing to share what he did. Nothing can stop that. It is the greatest fear the devil has. The thing he's most scared of is you would give your full self to God because he knows what happens. Blessing begins to come. Favor begins to come. Not only that, but a divine breaking so you come back stronger. And then we redistribute. The the house cannot contain it. This building cannot contain when a church gets that, when a church steps into that and it starts, you say, but, but pastor, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like rich. I don't annoy people with my coolness. I'm not like Amy. I'm not like pastor Lorraine. I'm not like Audrey. I'm just a couple pieces of stale bread. It's not about that. It starts with the littlest gift. You say, but but if I give my, soul, my full self to God, I've been, life has reaffirmed that I don't bring a lot of value. People have said I don't bring a lot of value. Cancel. What was five loaves and two fish to a crowd of that it was 5,000 men. So understand there are families there. The scholars say it was probably 10 to 15,000 people. What is stale bread and two sardines? What is that to, the, to what you're talking about? To change in a city, to change in a nation. What is that in comparison to Jesus? It doesn't matter how much you start with because he just kept multiplying. If you're willing to give him you now, and let him bless and break. Bless and break. Bless you and then break the paradigm that he doesn't wanna bless you. Bless you and then break the thought that you don't matter in this kingdom. Bless you and then break the thought that you're not gifted enough, you're not talented enough, you're not emotionally stable enough. Let him break those thoughts. It'll redistribute, redistribute. You never get off this track, church. Just so you know, this message was first for me. Jesus, Holy Spirit, so graciously, you gotta give something to me. And I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't really wanna do that, God. Can I just have this? No, give it to me. Give it to me because I'm ready to bless, to break and redistribute. Let's all get to our feet. Two groups I want to pray for. First group. If you're like me when I was 14 and I was cool with church, was cool with the God thing, even would say I'm a Christian. But pr- truth is Jesus didn't have my life yet. He didn't have, he didn't have me. He was just a part of what I was gonna do. But he didn't have me. If you're like me in that place, and today with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed real quick, you wanna pray and say, you know what, Jesus, it's time. I might feel like I'm two loaves or two fish and five loaves. I might feel like I don't have it all together and I'm all right, but I'm gonna give you what I have. I'm gonna give you me. I'm gonna ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I'm gonna give you my life you're like me, I want to pray with you real quick. And so heads down, eyes closed. Would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with? And this is for you to tell God I'm praying. Thank you. I see your hand. Who else? Once I've seen your hand, you can put your hand down. But make sure I see you. I want to know who I'm praying with. Anyone else? I feel like I'm just waiting on one person. That's okay. wrestling with God right now, and you're like, uh, I see that hand, thank you. Anyone else? Awesome. Okay, whole church, we're gonna pray this simple prayer together. We'll pray it out loud. You can pray out loud, but everyone around you you can pray out loud. This is the moment where you're saying, I'm giving you me, Jesus. And I know that I'm not I can't control the blessing or the breaking, but whatever I when I give this to you, whatever you do, I'm sure gonna redistribute it. So let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, today I'm all in. I'm giving my life to you. I ask that you will take it and use it. I believe that you died for my sins that today I'm forgiven my security or my <laughs> I I now am a child of God and my salvation is secure in heaven you use me here amen amen come on let's give a hand for those people just wait just wait I'm telling you what do I do now I oh, don't know. Go get a WWJD bracelet. Start there. <laughs> That's where it started for me. <laughs> give them the rest. Now the last group here, and then we're gonna go. I just for some of us, we're, we're, we're Christians. We, we, Jesus has our heart, but there's just areas that you know, man. I gotta give this to Jesus. I gotta, I gotta really give this to Jesus. I've been carrying this. And it's not mine to carry. I'm just going to give it to him and see what he does. And so if, if that's you, there, there, there's always a, a we, the reason we have people raise hands, is not to embarrass you. It's one to encourage other people. Cause a lot of people in this room are going to go through that. But I just want to encourage you when you raise your hand, you're just, it's between you and God saying, God, I'll, 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 I'll humble myself before you and say, yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give this to you. So if you got something you need to give to God, I want to pray for you real quick because I know what he'll do with that if you'll give it to him. So if that's you, we just raised your hands to heaven. Thank you. Lots of people. I'm so proud of you guys. God, you see these hands. You're good, Lord. Thing is, none, nothing shocks you. Nothing we give you, you didn't already know. You know every hair on our head. So God, as we just... Say, God, we humble ourselves and we, we give you this thing. Right now, I command that the process of God begins to work in your world, that heaven invades earth and he will take it and he will bless and he will break and then he will give you a testimony, a testimony to share. People will see the transformation. So God, right now, fall on your children and do what you do as we bring our fish and loaves to you your name we pray and all the church said amen 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 thanks for listening to find out more about our locations team and what we do here at awakened church go to awakenedchurch.com